Welcome to Soul Talk, soulful conversations exploring who you are, why you're here, and how to live your most authentic life. My name is Coop Blackson, nationally best-selling author of You Are The One, transformational teacher, and your host. I invite you to subscribe to the Soul Talk podcast for weekly inspiration from me, where I will share with you some powerful ideas, thoughts, and practical life wisdom to help you live life more fully, freeing yourself from your past, reclaiming your power, and living your true life's purpose. You can also go to www.coopblackson.com, enter your name and email to download my free two-part video training series and learn the ultimate secrets to happiness and fulfillment. Let's get started with Soul Talk. Welcome back, folks. Welcome back to another very special episode of the Soul Talk podcast. Uh, I'm very excited about today's episode. Today's episode is with uh, a dear friend of mine. I've known him for, wow, must be going on nine, 10 years now, I think. Time flies literally. I don't know where time goes. Maybe that's a conversation we'll have with him as well. Talk about time. What happens to time? Uh, uh, I've had it, I, I've interviewed him a few years ago when I did my uh, Secret to Success Summit. Very insightful. But as we go through these, you know, kind of unique times, uncertain times, uh, a lot of a lot of you may be dealing with uncertainty and fear. I wanted to bring in bring him on because I think he will be bringing a unique, different perspective than some than what some of you might be used to. Uh, whether you believe in some of what he's saying or not. Uh, I think he is incredible, deep, real as they come. Uh, I go to him for counsel, you know, every couple of years myself. Uh, deep soul, I think you're going to get a lot. So take notes, be open, be ready to expand your perspective. He's, he's a, a successful author, speaker, Sanskrit scholar, Vedic astrological consultant. He's been a practitioner of Vedic astrology a.k.a. Jotish. We'll get into that for maybe, it says 34 years, but probably more at this point. 43. Uh, 43 years, he says. <laughs> and uh, he's, uh, he's an author of The Way of Kings and also Planetary Gemstones. Welcome to Soul Talk, Drew Lawrence. Welcome. Thanks, good. Good to be here. Thank you. It's great to have you on. I, listen, I've, we, we, we've, we've talked before, but I really wanted to talk about some of the times we're going through and kind of give people a bit of an understanding of seasons, cycles, the rhythm, what the hell's going on right now. Maybe you can provide some uh, different insight and perspective from your lens and your genius. Uh, before we dive into some specifics about this time, uh, just, just for those that may not know you, may not have heard of you, just to set a context, I want to take us just a short few moments and uh, how did you get started in astrology, specifically Vedic astrology? And how you, look, you don't look like the typical astrologer. <laughs> you know, when I think of an astrologer, the guy with a turban or beard, you know, a long beard or you know, mala beads, and you just you look like a regular dude. I mean, no offense, that's a compliment. You look like a regular oh. same guy. First, just just so people understand, like who we're speaking to. You've been doing this a long time. How, how did this come about? Then I want to get into a bit about understanding about astrology. But first, how did this happen for you? I had a spiritual awakening in uh, 1969, which is almost 50 years ago. And uh, that turned my life in a whole new direction. And I got into yoga and meditation and uh, Vedic philosophy, Eastern philosophy, 
And uh, I got very serious about it, read the Bhagavad Gita, which everybody should read, in my opinion. And uh, from that, I went into Sanskrit. I, I really wanted to learn Sanskrit because I wanted to read it from the original language. Mm. And uh, from that, I went to learning Vedic astrology because I, I knew that you could learn when the best time was to do things. That's I didn't learn Vedic astrology to do charts for people, which kind of is kind of, you know, taken over anyway of its own accord. But I learned it because I knew it was a science, not only that, a divine science, it is completely scientific. And um, uh, I knew it would give you insight into the future as well. And but mostly because how to do things at the right time, so they'll be successful. We say we have a we have a saying in English, timing is everything. Everybody knows that. So what do you think astrology is? It's all about timing and doing things at the right time. Mm. Anyway, my, my spiritual development uh, went uh, on from there. I spent five years living in an ashram, practicing yoga, giving, getting up every morning at 3, 3.30 and spending four hours in, in meditation and, wow. and uh, spiritual practice before doing my day's work. So I did that, and I was at that time uh, became a Sanskrit editor for my guru's books. All his guru's books that he translated from Sanskrit into English are in every major library in the world and every major university library in the world. So it was a very high standard scholarship. And um, the astrology people ask you to do the charts for them. Can you do my chart? Can you do, can you take a look at this for me, please? And it sort of took on a life of its own. And when I decided to, I didn't really want to do it. I was, <laughs> no, I want to do something else. I was doing other things. And uh, then when, when, when something didn't work out or came to an end, I thought, okay, I'll give this a try. It's kind of in a business-like manner. And it took off. And in the last 30 years, I've been traveling the world. And I have thousands of clients in, uh, in 52 plus countries around the world. I mean, I don't know if this is appropriate to say. I mean, I think it's on your website. Can, can you, would you say who a couple of your clients are? That's on your website. That's public. Just so people. Can oh, well, I mean, if I look at my corporate clients, my corporate clients are a list of who's who, you know, Hewlett Packard and Apple computer, uh, Microsoft, uh, Google. I mean, I have a lot in Silicon Valley, uh, many, many major banks, Deutsche Bank, uh, I can't even bank of America. Uh, then I, you know, I have a lot of famous people too. Some don't like to be mentioned. You know, Oliver Stone is one of my clients, mm -hmm. and uh, I had a lot of Hollywood people when I lived in Hollywood. When I lived in LA, which I don't live there anymore, I live in Ireland now, in the countryside. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, I have a lot of lot of uh, well known so, people. So you've been you you been, clearly you've been doing this a while. This is you're, you're not a novice at this stuff, which is why I wanted to bring you on. Before we dive into some specifics, I have some very specific questions for you around what's happening now, Drew. So you can give us insight on that. But as before we deep dive into that, one question, just for those that might be like astrology come on cool what the what the hell is this astrology stuff it's it's not you mentioned science like it's not science astronomy i heard someone say astronomy is science astrology is not science that's just kind of like quack new age stuff that's just the stars right and so what is astrology number one 
how is it a science and what is the difference between Vedic astrology, Jyotish, and Western astrology? Just to set a context wow. before we can dive in. That's several questions. Um, a science is defined by a set of theses or uh, premises that are put forth. You say, if, if we do this and, and, and we do this and we add this to that, what's the outcome? And if that outcome is consistent over a period of time that that experiment is performed, then it's known as a science. In fact, one of my PhD uh, clients told me that if it's, if it's uh, successful 60, what was it? 55% of the time, they actually call it a science. If I was successful 55% of the time, they'd run me out of town on a rail. Uh, I, I have taken the principles and the premises and the theses of Vedic astrology and applied them throughout the world. To thousand, I, had, I have at this stage some 50,000 clients. Wow. And they work over and over and over again. So if that's not a science, then I, I don't know what. You know, you can only pretend for so long before the world sees through you. Mm -hmm. So uh, how does it work? It works through electromagnetism. The planets affect us through electromagnetism. Just like the sun affects the growing seasons and the moon affects the, the, the tides and the menstrual cycle in women. That's a simple example. But it, it can affect us physiologically, emotionally, psychologically, and karmically. It can tell us how the karma is unfolding and what's likely to happen through the course of your lifetime. Okay. How? You talk about electromagnetically, like, it yeah, sounds, like, sounds like magic, but like... No, yeah. no, electromagnetic. We are human beings. We have an electromagnetic field around us. Yes or no? Correct. We have a positive charge and negative charge. We have an electromagnetic field. Planets have an electromagnetic field around them. Electromagnetic fields can have an impact on another electromagnetic field, right? Mm -hmm. How do planets come, come into each other's orbit and sometimes slip into each other's orbit or, or affected by gravity? Mm -hmm. This is a science. Mm -hmm. One other point I'd like to make is our modern culture dates back and takes its origins from Greeks, Romans, Syrians, Abyssinians, Persians, India, China, Japanese, Japan, I can't remember, the Turks, I can't remember all the countries, historically. Mm. Guess what? All of them used astrology. All of them. Mm. All of them, the kings that ran those countries, were ahead of those countries, all had astrologers. And yet we follow the, their governmental systems and we say, but the astrology is all nonsense. It's airy-fairy. Mm. What, you pick and choose what you say is, is valid and not valid? You can't make a judgment on astrology unless you've done a scientific study of it. Mm. Just like I can't say, I can't sit here and say chemistry doesn't work. You know, people would laugh me off the airwave just because I don't know how to do the chemical experiments and haven't done them enough times to prove a point. Mm. That doesn't, just because I don't know it doesn't mean it doesn't work if other people have proved it time and again. Right. Correct? Right. Got it. 
And so Vedic versus Jyotish, Vedic versus Vedic. Vedic is also Vedic. called Jyotish, the Vedic. science of light. And verse, science of light versus Western. What's, what's the, in a brief uh, nutshell, what's, what's the difference? Because I think there is a difference. So Okay, since you've already determined that astronomers are actually scientists and astronomy is a science, which it is, and it's, it's a measurement of the movements of the planets, but it doesn't have the interpretations of what those movements mean, which astrology does. Mm. The astronomers will tell you that uh, Vedic astrology, which is based on a sidereal system, which is uh, in relation to the fixed groups of stars, the constellations, which mm. you see every night, and they're always at the, in a certain time of the year, they're always in the same positions, mm. as we know, and they have the same relationships to each other. Um, Western astrology is tropical in that it's based on the sun's mo movement through the tropics, tropic, from the Tropic of Cancer to the equator to the Tropic of Capricorn, that sort of thing. Mm. They will tell you, astronomers, astronomers will tell you that the zodiac as calculated by Western astrology is incorrect. It is 23, more than 23 degrees off. Hmm. Incorrect. And that's exactly what we say in Jyotish, in Vedic astrology. We calculate it correctly. Hmm. And because of what's called precession of the equinoxes, they get it wrong in uh, Western astrology. Got it. So there, there is a there is a distinct difference in inaccuracy. So, yeah, and the planet, many of the planets will end up in different signs as uh, compared to your Western astrological chart. So for someone, uh, God, you're spinning off a lot of questions. For, just, for someone who has zero idea, like signs, planets, I, didn't, I mean, I look up at the, I don't see any planets, I just see a sky. Just before we dive into these specific times, Drew, are there, like, what are some of the main planets? Are there... What impact do some of these planets just tend to have? Like, you know, you hear things like Jupiter and, you know, different, like, uh, are specific planets uh, more oriented towards house, family, health? Just, just so we have a, a, you know, a little nutshell of understanding before we dive into, like, 2020. Okay. Well, let's take a couple of examples as you've requested. The sun planet represents self, sense of self, self-worth, self-confidence. Uh -huh. So when I see the sun in somebody's chart, birth chart, horoscope, in a very strong position, such as sun in the 11th house, that rings any bells for you, Coot, uh, mm -hmm. then I know I'm dealing with a leader, manager, authority figure, executive, somebody who's very confident, uh, very self-assured, um, who's confident in front of people, who is going to be a leader in life. That may, could mean he leads his own life quietly or he leads others, depending what he wants to do, okay? Conversely, if I see somebody with son in the 12th house in the birth chart, then I know he's insecure, he has self-doubt, he dismisses himself, he feels not good enough, unworthy, and when will they see through me? Now, I've seen that hundreds of times, mm -hmm. and I get the same result every time. So that's an example. Right, right. Got it. Jupiter is the planet of enlightenment, 
and expansion. Jupiter is also the planet of spirituality and growth in consciousness and awareness. It is also the planet of uh, money, finances, cash flow, investments, banking, profit, gain, income. It's also that. So mm -hmm. if I see a strong Jupiter in the chart, I know that this person is going to do quite well financially in life, will be comfortable or more than that, wealthy. Mm. And um, Jupiter also represents um, liver and pancreas. So if I see uh, Jupiter in a weak house like the sixth house, the first thing I ask the client is, is there any history of blood sugar problems in your family like uh, hypoglycemia or diabetes or, you know, anything like this. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah, my uncle has that. My, my grandmother had that. And, you know, you just keep hearing that stuff all over. So, and that, and that shows up in that person's chart because it's hereditarily active. Mm. So then I tell them to, what? Lay off the sugar. <laughs> right? Mm. Gotcha. So, I mean, those are just simple examples. Amazing. I can go on and on. Mercury yeah. is is intellect and intellectual capacity. And Mercury is also the nervous system. When you see people that are, by nature, stressed, worried, uh, stressed, you know, fearful, full of anxiety, tension, nervousness, they have an afflicted Mercury because the nervous system is under some sort of affliction from another planet like Mars, maybe, mm -hmm. or, or maybe Saturn. And so then I try to help them to stabilize the nervous system. Got it. Got it. So you, someone doesn't even have to believe, but believe in it for. It well, you don't have to believe. You see, if, if I sit down and say to you and start telling you things about yourself, you go, yeah, how do you know that about me? <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> I'm just looking at their chart. That's how I know it. Right. But if I had their birth information, I'd, I'd have all that information in front of me and, in a matter of minutes. Wow. So as we look at these times, Drew, I mean, I'm, I'm fascinated to ask about like what you see happening now. Uh, 2020 started off uh, a lot of people like, yay, the best year ever. And it went boom for like most people, you know, yeah. a lot of unexpected things. I mean, at least we didn't see it coming. I mean, maybe you saw it coming, but most people didn't see it coming. You just kind of came out of nowhere. Uh, and I remember I, went to do my event in Mexico and came back and immediate lockdown, everything was fine. A week later, it wasn't. And so what do you see planetarily like is happening right now? What's happening planetarily, astrologically? Was it something you could predict? Is it something you see? And based on what you see, so what's happening now in the planets that might uh, point to this situation and as you've maybe looked at the year ahead, are there, like, how do you see the progression of planets? Like, what, what, what's in store for us around COVID-19? Uh, Is it going to get worse? What's going to happen? What, what do you at least see trend-wise in terms of what the planets show so that we can, you know, be more equipped? Okay. Um, in the Vedic system, we look at... Uh, what we call the lunar year chart, the yearly lunar chart, which is calculated about on or about March. This year was March 24th was the beginning. Mm. And it goes till April 11th of uh, 2021. That's mm. the year. 
I want to explain the technical way that we come up with that chart, but uh, we've had we have a conjunction of uh, Saturn, Mars, Pluto, and Jupiter together at the beginning of that year. Mm. So that means we're in for a rather difficult year. Um, it can mean pandemics, earthquakes, natural disasters. Another thing that showed up was food shortages. Mm -hmm. This is going to be a uh, testing and difficult year, generally speaking, between now and April of next year. Mm -hmm. um, I, I went into great detail. I produced some videos that people can watch on my YouTube channel, uh, Drew Lawrence. And I did the coronavirus, then I did Vedic Astrological Outlook uh, Part 1, Part 2, and Part 3 for 2020 to 2021. And there's a lot of, I, and I got into a lot of history with it as well. There's two, two essential things that are happening. Um, there's a lot of difficulty coming in for, for what reason? Because we are in desperate need of a huge shift and change in our world. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I pointed out that in 2008, 2009, we had a financial reversal, pretty significant. I mean, it pretty much lasted for 10 years before we fully got out of it. So that's fine. And I predicted that one, by the way, I, I predicted it at that mm -hmm. time. And I, you know, went public with it. And um, since that time, what are, were the major changes or corrections or new culture that has been brought in in the political systems, in the financial system, in the banking system, all of these systems that govern our lives, where were the significant changes made? Can you tell me? Because I haven't seen any. Mm -hmm. So you know what happens when um, your, your mother, when you're a child and your mother says, um, Please come down for dinner. And she asks you once, maybe twice, maybe three times, and you don't listen. Yep. And she's going to come up with the stick or whatever, or she's going to say, that's fine. You stay in your room. You're, you're going to not have your dinner tonight. Mm -hmm. You know? So in other words, then the correction is going to come. Well, that, that's what this year is. This year is the year of the correction mm -hmm. to make us wake up and pay attention. And as we all know, uh, we haven't exactly been good stewards of Mother Earth. Mm. Well, another way to look at this is Mother Earth has pressed the reset button, mm -hmm. shut the whole thing down so she could get a rest. So these planets together can even uh, point out war. They even point to war. They can point to the overthrow of governments. They also indicate uh, uh, the overthrow of leaders or the, the death of leaders. And I go into, uh, I went into the U.S. historically and the presidents, uh, the man who had been president of the U.S. back in the day. And there's like, I think I came up with five or six of them that actually either died in office or were assassinated while in office under the same planetary conjunctions that we have this year. Interesting. So now that could mean that somebody just 
dies, or it could mean that somebody is assassinated, mm-hmm. or it could mean that somebody doesn't uh, get back into office. So this is not just the U.S. This is the entire world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, we had a similar conjunction back in, uh, when was it? 1945, we had uh, an opposition of Pluto and Saturn. Mm-hmm. And this year, we don't have an opposition. Opposition means directly opposite. Tension of the opposites. And this mm-hmm. means a conflict. Mm-hmm. But right at this time, they're right together beside each other. Same influence, but more intense. Mm-hmm. Well, what happened in 1945? It's, it's either 44 or 45. Forgive me if I missed the year exactly. I have it done correctly on my video. They dropped two atomic bombs. Right, right. Because mm-hmm. that's atomic bombs. So that can be nuclear. Yeah. Now, I don't know that that's going to happen. But that's what happened back then. Mm. Uh, 1947, under these influences, uh, India, India got its um, liberation, its, um, its sovereignty, sovereignty from Britain. They became an independent nation. What? Just like, how, how do you do? Very well. Thank you. Uh, we'll be out of here. No. Huge bloodshed and upheaval because the country split into two, India and Pakistan, under that same influence. Mars, Saturn, uh, Mars, Pluto, Saturn, Pluto. And millions of people were killed in mass rioting. Hindus versus Muslims. So these are intense times. And, you know, we need to take a look, a fresh look at what we're doing here in the world. We are, are too consumed by consumerism and materialism. Mm. And too much. It's us versus them. So we're, they always try to pit us against other people. Yes. We're, we're not. And I talk a lot about the 60s because Jupiter is in Sagittarius for most of this year which is very, very good because this is a time of great shift, change, and enlightenment. Mm. When, when people will sort of read, the, a lot of this is going to help us to see the writing on the wall and start thinking more serious, seriously about how we live in our world and how we treat each other. Mm. Mm. Everybody's under lockdown. They got more than enough time to think. Right. You know, and now we have all these people, God bless them, who are out of work. I mean, we, we got millions and millions of people out of work. That, that's a trip. I mean, God bless the people that have died from this, this virus. Yeah. But we've got millions more that aren't working and making a, a living. Yes. So this is going to create a huge economic uh, reversal. Mm. And, you know, which could last for, for years to come. Mm. So wh- what are we, wh- we going to say? It's just bad luck. Hey, if you understand the simple uh, concept, which most people do in every country, what goes around comes around. Comes around. Mm-hmm. You know, for every action, 
there is a reaction. That's karma. You put something out, it'll come back to you. So this, there's, there's such a thing as collective karma. There's individual karma and there's collective karma. Collective karma means what we're all doing together and what we bring on to ourselves. So, so we're clearly uh, dealing with some collective karma, like the whole planet, right, is going through this collective karma. Now, I have a yeah. question. So because the world is going through this collective karma, which is quite intense, and I know there's a lot of people that are freaking out, you said losing their jobs, losing their minds, you know. Yeah, uh, being cooped up. Being cooped up, going crazy, seeing their futures just destroyed, at least feeling like their future, what they've built, their businesses. And so because we're dealing with collective karma, is it, it I guess what I'm trying to ask is, an individual who might feel helpless in like they're being swept up in the collective karma. Is it possible for an individual, even in the midst of the collective karma to thrive, to, to not just be, you know, if, if it seems like things are going down, at least on one level, economically for a country that someone's in, is it still possible for a person to not be, uh, swept up in the collective karma? Does that make sense to, to, to still create their reality and let's say become successful, make millions, launch their business and thrive? Or is it just, you're just stuck in the storm of the collective karma and that's just the way it is. You're screwed. Well, you know, the most successful people in, 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 uh, in our world, if you read biographies, they've uh, failed numerous times. Mm -hmm. so it's not failure that's, that's an issue or because this didn't work out or so-and-so did this to me and then that happened to me and that fell on my head and, you know, what was I to do? Poor me. Well, the poor me attitude's not going to help you. Mm -hmm. You have to pick yourself up and you have to carry on. I think there's a lot of mass fear that's being propagated in the midst of all this, which isn't good. But, you know, I don't know what uh, your, your listeners, where they're at exactly, but, you know, you don't want to buy into all this, this mass fear and negative programming. Everything in this world is, uh, is an appearance. This world is temporary. Mm. Everything comes to an end in this world. One of the major principles to understand in our world is... It, Whatever thing you're talking about, it has a beginning, a middle, and an end. Mm -hmm. Everything comes to an end. We all come to an end. Guess what? Everybody in this world is on death row. Yeah. Everybody. It's just a question of when. So when you know what this is, so what do we focus on? Well, we focus on all the externals, our, our, our interests and our focus and our minds are always what's going on outside around me and my family and my relationships and my work and my finances, which is fine and practical, you know, but there is a part of us that's eternal and that's the soul, the spiritual part. And, and that is what we don't pay much attention to. The more you realize that you're a soul and that is your true identity because it's eternal and doesn't die. 
then the less you're going to be affected by the phantasmagoria that goes on around us. Mm, mm. You know, we're always going to have good days and bad days, good time frames and bad time frames. Read history. Mm-hmm. It's all there. So mm-hmm. we, we need not to buy into this, this uh, uh, mass fear that, that is being stirred up right now. Mm-hmm. It hasn't had any effect on me personally, to be honest. Mm-hmm. You know, it hasn't changed my life. Mind you, I have been self-isolating in my home office for 30 years. So <laughs> it hasn't changed me much, but... <laughs> I mean, I talk to my clients around the world every day. Right. And we, we need to shift our perspective here. Mm-hmm. And we'll, we'll, this too shall pass and we'll come out the other end. And because Jupiter is in Sagittarius, Sagittarius is, what's the meaning of your life? Mm. What is your purpose? What are you here to do? I'm here to make money. Well, no matter how much money you would make it's, and how many wonderful cars and houses and whatever else you bought, None of that will make you happy. Yeah, it's, it's good to have it. If you want it, it's good to have it. But that's not what brings joy. What yeah. brings joy and happiness is you got to find your purpose in life. Mm-hmm. you you got to act in harmony with your nature. And, and in Sanskrit, your nature is your dharma. We mm-hmm. Many people know this word dharma. Dharma is to act in harmony with your very essence, with your very nature. When you, when you're doing work, whatever your work may be, and it's rewarding for you and it's fulfilling and it's drawing upon your intrinsic abilities and your nature, that is the reward. Mm. And then if it, if it can also feed you and, and keep you, give you a living, wonderful. But the main thing is it fulfills you as a person and you contribute to the world around you. That is the win-win situation. That's where your real joy is going to come from. Not sitting in a dead end job that you hate for 20 years Mm. and then getting sick at the end of it. This is Jupiter. Jupiter is enlightenment. This is a year of tremendous enlightenment. So it's not like the apocalypse, right? Just for those that that have been like, Drew, the world is coming to an end. So so just like Jupiter is the, the, the planet of enlightenment. So you're saying this is an age of enlightenment potentially, even though everything seems to be. Yes. This year in particular is a year of enlightenment. You know, it's like, what's it going to take to get you people to wake up? Mm. That's really the question that's being asked us here. Okay. Well, that didn't work. That didn't work. The, The thing that happened in 2008, 2009, that economic reversal, that didn't work. Okay, so we'll do something a little more severe this time. We'll, we'll, we'll throw a pandemic at you. Look what happened in Australia just recently. Look at the fires that they were devastated with. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, I mean, there's been a lot of other things that have happened as well. Mm-hmm. What, that's what it comes down to is what's, what's it going to take for us to get your attention? Right. Definitely universe has our attention. Is there a timing of things based on the planets that you see where, you know, things will ease up with where you see a shift in oh, the energy shifting. I mean, I know you mentioned, you know, uh, some intensity to April of next year, but is there, are there, are there, are there fluctuations where you're like, Oh, October, you see something shifting or, you know, July, the thing moves. Like what, what do you see in that? Well, right now, right now there is a particular intense period 
from a couple of days ago, September 13th, oh, pardon me, May, May 13th, 13th until September 13th, 14th, and the 29th. Just say May 13th until the end of September. We've got three planets, Jupiter's retrograde, Saturn's retrograde, uh, Mars will go retrograde a little later on, Venus's retrograde. You got all these planets traveling backward motion that intensifies things. Now, it may be that the coronavirus calms down, uh, but look at the aftermath of this. You, you have to restart an economy. In the meantime, you know, many countries have bailed out their citizens, which they should have done. You know, you, you got to keep your people alive. And, and, you know, they had shut down all of these uh, businesses. In my opinion, I think maybe they went a little over, over the top, but we needn't argue that. Mm. It is what it is. And uh, it's going to take some doing to, to get everybody back up and running again. Mm -hmm. And the way they see it is, you know, 30% of the work, uh, 30, pardon me, one third, 30% of the workforce is, is not going to be employed. So these are serious considerations. Mm -hmm. So an intense period, May the, May the 13th, 14th, till September, the end of September. The end of September is, is even more intense. So some of the things I, I mentioned, some of those negative things are more likely to happen within that time frame. But that doesn't mean coronavirus or whatever we want to call it. It might die down, but there's other factors as there's well. There's other things. I mean, there's other things that can happen. And, and the economy is definitely one. Mm -hmm. And I mentioned a few of the others earlier. Mm -hmm. So this is not uh, a simple year. And ultimately, it goes till April 11th. Mm. This, this period. Yeah, and, 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 and 2021 is going to be a much better year. You talked about timing of things. And I'm curious, because you talked about astrology, the timing of things, and finding out the best timing of things. And so is it a fact, is it, is it a matter of like, what if something's not a great time, and, but I need to, but Drew, I can't wait six months. I can't wait three months to launch that thing, launch that project, launch that book. I mean, you're tell let's say you're telling me right now is not the best week or month, but I got to launch it now. Does that mean if I launch something and astrologically it's not the best time to not do it, but I have to do it, then what do I do if I have to launch it? You know, because there's a sense of what, do I just put my life on hold and let myself be run by the timing of things? You know, speak to yeah. us about that. Because sometimes we, we just got to do what we got to do, Drew. So what do we well, do in that case? No, you're, you're right, Coot. Many times we don't have much choice. You know, especially people that are running businesses where they're signing multiple documents in a day, for example, and putting things into motion. I, I understand that. I have clients that do that. When there's something really, really important and you do have the, um, the freedom to choose a really uh, important and significant launch date, what to speak of launch time for your endeavor, uh, I'm going to state the obvious ones. How about marriage? Marriage is supposed to last a lifetime. How about when you start a business? These are very important things. And uh, one of the things I've done for people is uh, surgery dates. 
I've done every kind of surgery you can imagine. I'm not the surgeon, by the way. But my clients will say, I'm having this kind of surgery. And I'll say, okay, this, which days does the surgeon do this, this surgery on? Oh, he does it on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And I said, okay, what's your date range? Well, it's from this, from April to May. Okay, fine. So I'll pick a date looking at where the planets are and then looking at their birth chart and put that together and tell them to when to book in for that surgery. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I've done that for years and years and years, and I've had 100% success, meaning what? Mm-hmm. Meaning the surgery went well, it went according to plan, the recovery went according to plan, and uh, everything worked out the way it was supposed to. No complications. Well, so, what, if I, what if I don't have a choice? What if someone- You don't have a choice. If you're going in for emergency surgery, then boom. Yeah, that's it. Oh, but what if, you know, Drew, I got to You don't have a choice. I'll give you a rule of thumb. I have to sign a document today. I'm okay, if you it. have no choice and you have to sign a document uh, on a given day, then pick high noon. High noon. Pick high noon when the sun is at its highest place in the sky. That's your rule of thumb. And you're more likely to have success at that time. Okay, high noon. If all else goes to, you know. If all else fails. <laughs> high noon. High noon. What time? It's almost high noon, brother. It's almost high noon. Very uh, good. You know, okay, so the planets, maybe you talked about, let's say, 11, uh, uh, the sun is in the 12th house, or certain planets may not be positioned uh, as optimally, and... I don't want people to hear it like, well, okay, Drew, you just said, well, I'm just screwed for the rest of my life. My, my Jupiter is positioned in a bad place. I'm just going to be poor. My, my, you know, this planet, my relationship. Planet no, well, there's ways around it too. There's remedial ways. So, so here's my question. What can someone, can, can we, let's say someone in this time who's worried about money. Okay. A lot of people worried about money. So maybe you could give a specific remedy that, that is actionable. What can someone do? To, to, let's say, uh, I don't know, can, can, you, can you bribe the planets? <laughs> can you, can you, can you uh, activate the planets? Can you, you know, do you know what I'm saying? Can, you, can, you do, can an individual do something to enhance the optimal wellness of the, let's say, money planet to, to, to shine favorably on them? Can, is well, there there's there's, like there's a, a few things one can do. Uh, for remedial measures, but I would say just, you know, off the top, if you're really looking to um, sustain your, your wealth and your economic well-being, one of the best ways to do that is to give charity regularly. Tell me about that. Giving charity, well, that's, that's biblical in nature. You'll find that in any major religion. You give charity regularly. It's, again, what goes around comes around. You know, I have a lot of Jewish clients. I mean, lots. And the Jewish people as a culture are really, really into giving charity and large amounts of it. Mm. And which means they'll come back lifetime after lifetime and they'll have money. That's how that works. So um, I had a Chinese gentleman one time come to see me and uh, he had simply put, he had combinations of planets 
that caught, caused him to lose money and for deals to go wrong and for people to rip him off in deals. Mm. Mm. And, and I said, well, that's in your chart. And he says, well, what, how can I get around it? I said, the way you get around that, you need to set up uh, a charity that you give to on a monthly basis. And you give to whatever charity you want, but you give these people money every month, every month. This is the way you get around this karma. And his wife was sitting there. It was so funny. She says, I told you, I told you to do this. <laughs> and he's going, never mind, never mind. I said, you, you should listen to her. This is your wife. Giving you good advice, you know. You got to listen to the wife because the wife, oh, okay. the wife always has the intuition. That's what men who are business, they'll tell you, she doesn't know anything about business. No, she doesn't have to know your business. She has an intuition. Mm. She has a gut feeling and, and she's the closest person to you. You'd better listen to her. Okay, guys, li li listen to your wives, okay? Listen they, to they, your wives. So, okay, giving to charity, that's beautiful. Is giving to charity. Another thing else? you can – yeah, you can, you can wear gemstones. Gemstones have potency and power. Gemstones have a vibration. Uh, they, they operate on certain frequencies or wavelengths. This, mm -hmm. too, is a science, whether you realize it or not. Mm -hmm. And uh, – Planets have certain frequencies and wavelengths, and they're connected. Certain gemstones have the same vib vibratory frequency as certain planets. Mm -hmm. So, for example, uh, if you have a weak Jupiter, which represents money in your chart, or you're having financial difficulties, then you would wear yellow sapphire, mm -hmm. and that would be your precious stone. Uh, if you can't afford a, a yellow sapphire, of uh, three plus carats, then you could get, instead, you could get yellow citrine for Jupiter. Mm -hmm. so, 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 so you could, gemstones could help. Gemstones help. Uh, if you're into yoga and meditation, then you can use mantras. Mm. And mantra are, mantras are Sanskrit prayers specifically directed at planets. So the mantra that everybody knows is Om. Om is a mantra, and Om is used at the beginning of all mantras. Okay, is it, let's get to the point. Is there, is there a money mantra, Drew? Is there, is there well, a- Well, yeah, you can just chant, yeah, you can chant Om Shri Gurave Nama, and that's for Jupiter. Jupiter's name is Guru in Sanskrit. So Gurave means unto Guru. Om Shri Gura, as if I said it in, in proper, Om Shri Gurave Nama. Om Shri Gurave Nama. Om Shri Gurave Nama. Om Shri Gurave Nama. Yeah, but the other thing that's going to do, it's going to increase your spirituality and your enlightenment and your realization because Jupiter also represents that. And this would be a really good year to do that. Om Shri Gurave Nama. Before I jump on to the last couple of questions, Drew, I know there's probably a few folks that are asking like, what about love? What about love? You know, I want to fall. I want to find my soulmate. I want to fall in love. Is that you, you give a really beautiful, uh, you could say remedy about giving to charity for those that might be wanting to activate abundance. But uh, is there anything like that for those that would like to. Yeah, you can chant a Venus mantra because Venus is the planet of love. Oh, what, what's that? Om Shri 
शुक्राया नमः ओम श्री शुक्राया नमः ओम श्री शुक्राया नमः या नंबर ऑफ टाइम्स और जस्ट जस्ट Yeah, if I told you that people would fall off the chair, but yeah, you're looking at about 20,000 times. Wait, wait, tw- <laughs> 20,000 times for it to work or 20,000 times? Yeah, to- 20,000 times. So you, you, so you get a japa mala, uh, 108 beads on the, yeah. on the mala, on the rosary. Yes. And you chant one or two r- rounds around that every day until you complete 20,000. So are you saying if I do 10,000 it 20,000 mantras not 20,000 yeah. yeah but if I, let's say I do 10,000 mantras are you saying Drew it's not Well the more you do the better it's going to be no the better the effect okay final few questions Drew this is very helpful I think folks uh, folks hope you're taking notes here and you're getting ready to do some chanting uh two final questions is there uh, astrologically uh good sleep time that is beneficial for the sort of enhancement of the electromagnetic you know energy inside of a human being sleep time wake up time can you just kind of guide us there well yeah early to bed early to rise is always uh, is, there, is there a specific time that you found to be optimal well it might be a little bit different for each person but um you know i mean just just go with the rhythm of of nature with the rhythm of nature Because yeah. I, I heard something about like 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. were the most optimal, you know, times. Uh, yeah, at 10 p.m. to 2, and then you're you're supposed to get up uh, 48 minutes before sunrise. Oh, 48. That's called the Brahma Muhurta. Muhurta means time frame, and uh, Brahma means sacred. So that's when meditation and prayer, yoga practice, whatever it is you do, will have the most effect an hour before sunrise, more or less. Mm. That's the most sacred time. Hour, wherever you are, whatever time zone. Yeah, wherever you are, whatever, whenever the sun's rising, wherever you are. An hour before sunrise. Got it. You know, last main question, Drew. It's been really insightful. Is um, what about? Is there a way that we can transcend the ch- the planets? Go go beyond the planets. Go beyond the chart to no longer be as a human being to no longer mm, be mm-hmm. influenced. Like very good. I want to. I want. I want. I want to. liberate myself from the influence of these planets you know and like if so how what does it take excellent question what you learn from your astrological birth chart your horoscope you learn about your strengths your weaknesses when things are likely to happen how things will unfold most importantly you learn your weaknesses and where your lessons lie mm You, you're, we're here in this world. People think, yeah, we're here to enjoy ourselves. No, we're not. We're here to grow and to evolve and to learn. Enjoyment is a subsidiary thing. It's not the goal. So um, by learning lessons, which are indicated in the birth chart, you can turn the karma around. Mm. You know, for example... some guy and yeah, we all know this 
if you have a friend and he picks uh, a girl and um, this girl is, uh, let's just call her a little bit unstable or overreactive, overly dramatic. Mm-hmm. And his buddies all go, yeah, well, you know, we told him mm-hmm. he didn't listen. Yep. He doesn't want to hear it. And then, of course, they break up at some point in time. Now, there's a lesson in that for him. Then he comes around at some point in the future with another girl. Now, this girl is, of course, a different girl, but it's the same girl. It's the same dynamic that he had with the former girl, only she's got a different face. Mm -hmm. And his friends are going, oh, my God, what's, what's he thinking? He did it again. So, in other words, he has not yet learned the lesson. So, the question becomes, how many times is he going to do this before he gets it and no longer attracts that particular kind of girl, which means lesson learned. Now, his karma, he'll be ready to bring in the right girl because he's learned the lesson. Mm -hmm. That's only one simple example, but you can apply it to just about anything. Got it. Right? Or lessons repeated until we learn. Yeah, until you get it, right? If you go into the fifth grade and you fail the exams of the fifth grade, guess what? You're back in the fifth grade next time. Back there. Back there. And the lessons you do that you have come in to learn in this lifetime, the ones that you fail or are unable to learn, you'll come back in your next life and they'll be on the agenda again. It's very simple. <laughs> you make it sound pretty simple, Drew. You make it, it sound is. really simple. It is. But on astrology gives you insight into why you're here and what you need to learn. Yeah. I mean, do you want to make progress or do you want to tread water in the middle of the ocean? Right. And go nowhere. Right. You know, Powerful. we're here to make progress. Powerful. Powerful. Drew, it's been a very enlightening conversation. What, what's, you know, to send people off into their lives, uh, what's, what's, what's the most important thing you feel people need to hear if you were to distill everything to send them off that they need to know about these times, this year, 2020, well, the year ahead, the mo- like the most soulful, like this is from your heart, no holds barred. What do people need to know? As an astrologer, Sanskrit scholar, all your experience like, this is what you would gift to the world. World, this is my message to you. Get close to God. Get close to spirit. Mm. Because in that lies everything. All the answer to you, answers to your problems are there. The closer you become to God and to spirit, <laughs> the, more, the stronger your faith becomes. But I mean real, not false. Uh, the less you're going to be afraid the more you're going to realize that this world is just a phantasmagoria of one thing after another. It's not the eternal reality. It's the place you've come to learn your lessons. Right. And we don't have to have a negative reaction to all this, but unless you have a deep abiding faith and what comes with that compassion for whom for everybody. And on the heels of compassion comes love, my friends. It's all about love. And the more we learn to love, the less we will be in fear. Mm. Bottom line. Drew? Potent. Potent. Folks, as you listen to this uh, amazing conversation with the, the one and only uh, 
Drew Lawrence, Vedic astrology extraordinaire, uh, Sanskrit scholar. Consider you a friend. Hope you take. Hope, hope you've all been taking lots of good notes and just just seeing and feeling how you can, you know, understand the rhythms and cycles of what's happening right now. Implement that into your life. Learn the lessons you need to learn so you can keep growing and evolving as a soul on this planet. Drew, thank you for showing up. Thank you for being you. Thank you for sharing your love. What's you know, if people want to get in contact with you, get a reading with you, find out about your work, just what what's the best website people can can find out more. My website is Drew Lawrence dot com and uh, you can go on to my youtube channel drew lawrence and you can see the videos if you wish and uh my email is drew j with a j in the middle drew j lawrence at gmail.com but you can reach me and uh we can look after you we'll set up an appointment or whatever you need and uh hope, hope to see you in future awesome folks you heard it Drew Lawrence, uh, drewlawrence.com. We'll post all the links in the show notes. Definitely check out uh, Drew's, Drew's work and YouTube channel. I watched his uh, year sort of review for 2020. Very insightful. And one thing I check out from Drew's website as well is he has a monthly, is a monthly planner and he kind of highlights uh, sort of key days in terms of timings. And I always kind of run things by that as well. So I uh, trust you've uh, received some benefit and insight, folks, and tremendous value, I think, from today's conversation. Uh, send me an email, kublaxon at kublaxon.com. I'd love to hear your key takeaways from today's episode. Uh, also, as always, I would love it if you leave a review on iTunes, share this episode with your friends uh, on social media, and subscribe. And I will catch you in next week's episode of Soul Talk. Love now, everybody. Love now. If you've enjoyed this episode of Soul Talk, please do share the podcast with all of your friends. Let everyone know and make sure you download Soul Talk today. I'm looking forward to next week where I'll get to share more inspiration with you. Meanwhile, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, or social media. You can find out more about my work at www.cooplaxon.com. If you feel ready to take your life to the next level, join me at my exclusive event in Bali, www.boundlessblissbali.com, where you can find out more and apply. Also, make sure to remember to download my free two-part video training series and learn the ultimate secrets to happiness and fulfillment at coopblackson.com. Sending you all big hugs and love now.